Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. Hey everybody, it's the time for another edition of the Corner 3 Podcast. Uh, really excited for this week's show, a lot of fun NBA discussions to get to, and as always, another awesome guest, so let's get started here with none other than Alex Derrickson, man, what's going on? Hi Tim. Hey pal. How are you doing? Good, how's the bucket? Oh, it's 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 been replaced. For those we we should you know disclose. Last week I recorded the episode uh, on a bucket, mm-hmm. just sitting on a bucket. So fun fun behind the scenes when you know you want to know why we have 150 Twitter followers it's because <laughs> you I record so on top tech. of a bucket. <laughs> ah, yeah, the, the bucket. It, the, you the bucket say, passed on. You can say that Alex kicked the bucket in his oh. way of words. Oh. No, Alex sat on the bucket, and the bucket imploded on itself like a dying star. <laughs> that That's fair, too. And as always, Mr. Sean Mackey. Sean, how are you, sir? Good. What's going on, Tim? Oh, getting ready to talk some hoops. And there's a lot of these topics this week, guys. I didn't feel like the three of us could do it on our own. So we're going to have our first ever repeat guest on the Corner 3. And little does he know, our biggest Ooh. listened guest ever in the history of the Corner 3. From DenverStiffs.com, Mr. Ryan Blackburn. Ryan, welcome back to the Corner 3 podcast. It's good to be back. I'm I'm so honored. Thank you guys for having me. Well, we love having you, man, because, you know, <laughs> Denver Stiffs is doing big things. The Nuggets are in the race for the eighth seed. Things are going well, right? Yeah, it, it for a brief time, it looked like they were about to go down the path of no return. They had five straight losses, but they've, they've reeled off three straight after going across the pond. So it's it's been really weird. It's a weird season, that's for sure. Yeah. My fantasy basketball team thanks you for Will Barton. <laughs> oh, he's he's been amazing. I I can't I can't thank him for him enough. He's one of the best contracts in the league. He makes I think three and a half million every season for this year and for next year. He was just a a huge bargain that Tim Connolly, our ge- our general manager, got. Will yeah. the bargain Barton? <laughs> <laughs> Alex might as well go coin that right now. <laughs> So, guys, let's start with what was the big game on Monday. Obviously, MLK Day is a big day in the NBA where they basically own television that day, and they did it this week as well. Uh, A lot of games played, but most importantly, we had the rematch of the Cavaliers and the Warriors. And for those of us who are looking forward to a really good game, we didn't get that. You could say the Cavaliers were definitely checked out as it was the end of their road trip, even though they had two days rest. I've heard every excuse possible. You know, Kevin Love doesn't play the second half. There's a team missing J.R. Smith. Kyle Korver was downright awful in that game. There's obviously, you know, Flopgate once again with LeBron. A lot of people are talking about that. And I don't think – does Kyrie Irving still play basketball? Because I feel like the last two weeks he's just kind of like gone and done his own thing. So the real, the truth of this is, and, you know, even on Christmas Day when the Cavaliers had the win in a hell of a game, it's just a regular season game and we have five months till this team meets again because let's be honest, we all feel that's going to be the case. But Alex, you know, does this game really matter? Because I know LeBron's trying to downplay it by saying it's not a rivalry. Uh, what did you take away from this game? You know, is there anything that really stood out to you that really made you think, like, maybe switches what we thought would be the case? Because I don't see any way this is not the NBA Finals again. I mean, man, it's just the game was garbage. That's, garbage. that's all it was. It, just, it was a garbage game. It happens. All teams have them. I, I don't think you should like really focus in too much on it. I think in a seven game series, 
back to back to back to back like that, I, I think the games would become more physical and closer and things like that. But I think the Warriors came out, caught them off guard a little bit. And like you mentioned, all the people, the Cavs were down. I I think this game can kind of be written off. I I don't see it as a as a massive distraction or a red flag or anything for Cleveland. Yeah, I don't either. Now, Sean, to bring in the conversation here, I thought one of the funny things from that was uh, Tyler discussed, and I'm sure like I'm sure David Stern would have popped up and had something to say if he'd have done this. There was discussions that it was the last game of the road trip. The Cavs were actually thinking about like sitting their search stars for that game. Like, could you imagine the site like? Maybe going for the psychiatric advantage in that circumstance of sitting your players for that game. That that's the ultimate dick move, though. Right. <laughs> and and had they had they done that, you know, cat, you know, the Warriors fans and everyone would have you know shredded them to pieces, saying they didn't want any. But in the end, you know, I mean, Kevin Love, you know, he's aching a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. from the first half of that. Had he not played, maybe, maybe he'd feel better, you know, today, you know, who knows? So, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I I think that would have been a, a league fine just because that's literally one of the most watched matchups throughout the entire season. Right. I had that one on my, my top 10 games to watch both matchups, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, they would have gotten fined for not, for not playing those guys because I mean, that's the NBA wants to show off. It's, it's talent and that it's it's a fun matchup it really is but the uh the Cavs fell flat super early and uh the Warriors were just on fire so you know like Alex said let's write it off yeah I I think it's definitely safe to write off but that was the only controversy in this game was the Cavs not showing up we wouldn't have anything to talk about here so Ryan are you ready to talk about LeBron's flop or dare I say flagrant foul oh it was just uh gosh I don't. I don't know how to really describe that. That was, um, <laughs> was rendered you speechless. <laughs> it was just plain awful. I. I don't know how to. Uh, I don't really know how to go from there. Like that's. This is LeBron James. This is six eight, two hundred and seventy pound freight train, and again, like as as Draymond clearly illustrated when while walking over to the bench, he moved like a puppet he moved like a rag doll basically like it's this was one of the worst games of lebron james's career mm-hmm. in my estimation he just did not show up to this game i think it was six of 18 that he went he had six turnovers compared to just two assists and he shot six of 18 yeah six of 18 from the field so overall i think that that really played more into his head than it was him trying to get under the skin of somebody like Draymond. I think that they're definitely I I don't see the Warriors being fooled by these mind games anymore. So let me ask you this, because you are, like we've mentioned, you are a contributor to discussing the Denver Nuggets. That is your squad. There's there's a mm-hmm. few teams competing for that chance to play the Warriors in round one of the playoffs, which I don't know why you want to compete for that, but hey, I understand you want your team to make it there. This is a team that someone on ESPN wrote an article today saying that Steph and Kevin are finally getting in sync, which at 35 and 6, I don't know how you can tell me they're just now getting in sync. That's ridiculous yeah. to me. What um, a one thing to get in sync right, now. Right. What a tough time. Uh, what, do you, what do you take away from you know this team now? I mean, obviously no one wants to – no one's excited to go play the Warriors 
uh, in game one of the I mean, around one of the playoffs. But uh, does this kind of change things at all for you and their, your thoughts on that team for what you saw them do? Or like, do you agree with well, us and say it's a wash? I I think like you guys said, the the Cavaliers were dealing with injuries. They just happened to come to a bad game and. To me, it's it's just one of those things where Golden State, they put it all together at the right time. They got up for a game, and Cleveland did not get up for that game. I did a I did an article recently that kind of portrayed how eight seeds respond down the line uh, after they make the eight seed versus not making the eight seed. And the statistical probability of them actually staying in the playoffs or increasing their their standing next year is very high if they make the eight seed. And that's that's something in the Western Conference over the last 15 years. I think that 10 of the 15 teams that make an eight seed, they will make it again. So statistically, making the eight seed, no matter how you do, is a very huge boon for success. And I still recommend that Denver tries to fight for that regardless of the result. Uh, right now, it looks like they're in the best position because they've found a, a great combination that will help propel them ahead of the pack. But I definitely think that any of those teams, every every single one of those teams should be fighting for it because there's a psychological effect that really gives an advantage for down the line. So the last thing we'll touch on the Cavs-Warriors because we've, we've done a good job of this, guys. Two weeks in a row, we've had a total of 10 minutes of discussing the Cavs and Warriors. Like, we're on to something here. <laughs> We discussed the Cavs needing a point guard and had to back up Kyrie and kind of go in and be another ball handler, another facilitator. Would any of the three of you be against the potential of them getting TJ McConnell? They they really need any kind of point guard, so I think anything is going to be an upgrade. But I, they could probably do a little bit better. But I, I don't I don't know what you trade anymore. I mean, what what assets do you have that you can move that will make your team better? You know what I mean? I agree. Um, I just think you know. Of all these things we hear, like Rajon Rondo and this guy and that guy, it's like, I, I feel like if they went and got McConnell, at least it's a guy that can play at a high level. Or, you know, they should have just held on to newly acquired Denver Nugget Mo Williams, right, Ryan? That's right. That's uh, <laughs> the Denver Nugget for 12 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of old Denver Nuggets, uh, Ryan, we'll start this fun segment with you, man. So, we've got some Carmelo problems, guys. Did you know this? Carmelo, he's uh, got some probs. For some reason, that's always an issue there. So, recently we had this, uh, there was a discussion of Carmelo Anthony has been hearing, and there's been some stories breaking out from Phil Jackson's team. You know, then moving on from Carmelo Anthony, potentially. And uh, he went as far, Melo said, that he went as far as to say that if they think my time is done in New York, then it's a conversation we need to have. Well, Tuesday afternoon comes around. Phil Jackson and Carmelo apparently have a private, quick conversation where Phil just asked them, this is, of course, according to sources. None of us were there. Where the, the basically the conversation was that Carmelo is still committed to the Knicks, and that you know this is where he wants to be. And you know, obviously, there's been a ton of ridiculous trade rumors coming out. Um, if you know him going to the Clippers, him going to Cleveland, him going to the Lakers, which you know, and we had this. This was a nice Facebook feed we had, Alex and Sean. So let's get down to it here. Like, first off. I don't know if Carmelo should be in New York anymore. Second off, I don't know who should take him. Is he? I, in my opinion, you know, he's one of the best offensive players I've ever seen. I still feel like he got robbed of Rookie of the Year, and you guys know how much I love LeBron oh, James yeah. when I say that. And I, I still think that you know, 
if you put his resume as far as his college championship, his three Olympic gold medals, and what he's done his NBA career, has a great resume for a case to be an NBA, a basketball Hall of Famer. But, Alex, I'm bringing you in here because you've gone on the point and you've said before that you fully believe, and I brought this up in the past, that eventually Carmelo Anthony's going to fall to face of the earth very similar to Stevie Francis. Where do you stand now? I, I don't think it'll be that severe. It's not going to be that precipitous of a drop. But I said Carmelo is kind of a man without a country, in which that he's got a great post-up game, but you kind of don't see him utilize it. He has a great pull-up shot from the elbow, pulls back for threes a lot. He is very lackadaisical on defense. I just feel like, especially given his size and length and the position that he plays, I, I kind of think he's playing not quite an antiquated style, but I kind of he doesn't play to a style I think that benefits the other players in his position anymore. And I mean, he's the, you know, the prolific, you know, uh, metaphor for the black hole on offense and everything. But I, I don't know, like you said, I don't know who takes him. Like, you know, all the, I don't understand where people are like, I think the Clippers should definitely give up Blake Griffin to get Carmelo. Like who the hell does that deal? Who is sitting there like, yep. That's what the Clippers need to do. Well, get the get the Knicks to throw in Porzingis, and they'll probably get it done. Fair, but uh, no, that's I mean that's that's a stupid deal. There's there's no reason for the Clippers to even consider that. Even if Blake Griffin were to walk at the end of his contract coming up, look this uh, this whole thing, and I've been a part of the melodrama in the <laughs> with the Denver Nuggets. There it is. I kind of understand what's going on here and what he's going through and what he's trying to do. This is a different tone. Uh, this, this kind of mellow, he's not trying to get out like back in back earlier in his career, he was trying to get out of Denver. He said, I'm not going to resign here. He's, he's portrayed through all of his actions that he wants to be a New York Nick for the rest of his career. The problem is it's not in the Knicks interest for him to be there anymore he is ruining their timeline they need they need to be building around Porzingis for the foreseeable future but everything that they've done is building around Mello's timeline I think that they need to give that up at some point they really need to consider using the amnesty clause on him if they can because like you said, there aren't very many teams that would be willing to trade for him and then whatever you get back in return is just going to debilitate you for the rest of that contract lifetime so i'm not sure how the knicks should play it they should explore certain deals that maybe are a little bit more short term and a little bit more financially uh less burdening but it's it's hard to know the uh, the knicks use their amnesty on chauncey billups uh, so they don't they don't even find the mellow deal <laughs> <laughs> They don't even they don't even have any option to do anything. If if they actually want him to leave, they're gonna have to go the old NBA two K eleven routes to get them to waive the trade clause, throw him at the bottom of the bench, bench his ass. That's the only way he's gonna waive it to go anywhere, because if he wants to play, you know, and they don't want him there, that's the only way they're gonna get him off the team. Well, there so. are a couple I mean, there are a couple of deals that maybe outside of his like 
quote unquote list of places that he would go. Like he said, he would go to the Clippers and he said he would go to Cleveland, but neither of those teams are teams are likely going to move for him. Right. I thought that maybe a team like Washington, where they would move on from Bradley Beal and they would instead try and build around a John Wall, Carmelo Anthony team for the rest of Melo's career. But does that risk? Does that risk the conflicting timelines again? Where I feel like Mello, wherever Mello gets placed, it's about him, and it's built around him, and the offense is around him. And I don't know if there's another team, maybe save for like the Heat, who could use a little bit more of a boost on offense that would actually be like, yeah, sure, we'll put at, we'll do what's best for you. Like, is there a team that you think was willing to like shift their offense around a little bit? I, I'm looking at some of the potential teams. I I can't really like it's. It is so hard to come up with trades with such a awful contract like that. But uh, that's why we have trade generator. Yeah, hey, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, oh, there's always Chicago. Hey, now stop that mess right now. <laughs> And, I mean, you may be able to do something with a team like Brooklyn. They have a whole bunch of cap room, and they've been looking for another place to go. Then Melo's able to uh, able to stay in New York. Yeah. I mean, Brooklyn needs to be more competitive, but I don't think that Carmelo's waiving his no-trade clause for that. The, the thing the most fun team, and it'll never happen because it just financially doesn't make any sense for me, I want to see Carmelo go to Oklahoma City because I think by like game twenty, him and Russell Westbrook will have a fist fight on the court as teammates. <laughs> tag team with Kyle Drago and uh, the Stephen Adams and as Cantor front court. My gosh, that would be a who'd win that wrestling match? That's crazy. I, I just yeah, and you know like like I said, I have all the respect in the world for Carmelo and Anthony has done in the NBA, but at this point, like I just I don't know where like you can invest in them. And how you can get, you know, if the Knicks can get rid of him, um, we've, you know, we've joked about that. And for the record, I was one of the few people that did not want him to go to Chicago in that free agent period. So I'm glad it didn't happen. Good for you. That was, yeah. That was, yeah. That was crazy. So while we have you here, we're on the topic, Ryan, as a, as a Denver Nugget guy. What do you think of George Carl's book? Well, I have it now. I, I, I actually have a copy um, I haven't read it through it yet, but I've had a lot of discussion with some of the other Nuggets writers. And well, look, it's uh, it feels like a a last hurrah kind of book. Like it's not a uh, it's not necessarily something that. And he says that he's doing it to generate money for his his cancer research. And I don't know if you guys know, but he had cancer back when he was oh, yeah. a his coach. Yeah. Uh, he was a big deal, um, so that is a it's a great reason for him to be writing something like this. But when you actually read the content, it's very <laughs> intriguing. What some of the things that he said, I I think that he was out of line in a lot of the things that he said. But he knew that that was the only way that the book was going to be as big as it was. So. There are some differing agendas here. He's said recently on Sirius XM NBA radio, lots of other podcasts that he's been on that he wants to get back into coaching again. But I don't think that 
after writing this book and divulging some of the secrets that he did about his players and some general managers, I don't think he's going to get another job in the NBA. There's, there's no reason for anybody to hire him. I mean, look at his last stop in Sacramento. Like it was a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now that's not saying much because Sacramento is a dumpster fire in and of itself. Right. But we talk about that frequently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're on team free boogie. Uh, yeah yeah so yeah and i I agree man like um i I made the joke we had a podcast that never got to air because of of tech problems we talked about the book and i made the point i think he's basically become get off my lawn guy and i think that he's just yeah like that's where he's at and you know just some of the stuff is offhand and i've even discussed like to talk about kenyon martin like why you gotta dog my boy kmart keep kmart out of this um but I think the one that found the most interesting he talked about in the low post with Zach Lowe last week was he talked about how he didn't like Ray Allen, which, like, I don't think the only person I ever heard that didn't like Ray Allen was Kevin Garnett because Ray Allen went to Miami. And other than that, I don't think I've ever once heard one person dislike Ray Allen. So I was kind of shocked by that. Now, I, the, the predominant thing with George is that he uh, he cannot mesh well with star players because what he wants to do as a coach is he wants to be the guy responsible for putting together the five guys on the court and making them a cohesive offense and defense. And when you get a star player who feels a little bit like entitled, I guess, to be above some of the coaching decisions, he cannot stand that. And he's, uh, he's butted heads with guys in the past, Gary Payton, Ray Allen, Carmelo Anthony, uh, all of these guys he hasn't been able to connect with in his career. And if, if there's two failings in his career, the first was not winning an NBA championship over such a long lifetime. And the second was not being able to connect to star players. He, he has, those are the two things that I think that as a coach, they're the only things that are keeping him from the hall of fame. The book is another. I agree. Yeah. Cause I know, um, there was like someone that was like, what team would take a, cl- a chance on him? And someone answered UNLV. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's crazy. I, I don't know. I think that he's a, he's, he's a great NBA coach. His principles are amazing. He knows how to coach on offense and he knows how to coach on defense, which is something that he doesn't necessarily get credit for, but he's generated multiple defenses throughout his career that have been in the top half of league efficiency defensive wise. But it never really came together. Extenuating circumstances have prevented him from winning a championship in his career. and uh, But also, his own decisions have forced their hand. Uh, not being able to connect to your star players is actually a really big deal when you want to win a championship. So, that's... I, I don't know how else to explain it. He's not a... This book was kind of a, a, a mistake, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, so guys, let's let's move on from George Carl. Let's talk some happy things. Let's talk things we really <laughs> like and enjoy. And guys, it's time to talk All Star ballots. So I assume oh, yeah. the four of us did one. I know I did. I know Alex did. Um, Sean, did you put yours in? I did. I did. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So as we know, um, the NBA All Star fin- is done. Uh, the overall voting is done, I should say. And we now are at the point where everyone has their ballots in. Uh, last we saw in the fan votes, as we joked last week with Ben Gullard from Sports Illustrated, Dwayne Wade, 
and Zaza Pachulia were, were right now getting a chance to vote to be starters. So I thought it'd be a fun time to kind of go through our, our, our five-on-five ballots, see what we had, you know, what we really know, why we went with those guys. I did that pretty quickly. So, um, Sean, you know, what was your ballot? Where did you go? And uh, what was your five-on-five and, and why? I voted Ke- for Kevin Durant, obviously. Uh, James Harden. Russell Westbrook. And... Um, I actually voted in centers on on both of these because I'm, I'm I'm going against the grain on here because um, if I can actually log in, I can tell you who I voted for it was Marc Gasol. Nice. So I voted I voted for him, and um, you know I absolutely hate that they have removed centers from the actual All Star ballot. I think it's a crime. I think we're at a point now where there's enough good centers in the league where we can oh, yeah. we can vote a center in and it doesn't have to be Shaja <laughs> or 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 Yi. It doesn't have to be either <laughs> those, doesn't have to be either of those guys, you know? Um so I mean I, I voted them in on uh, on the East. I had you know Wait, did you, I, had a, I think you missed one had, of the one in the West. We got Gasol, Durant, Harden, Westbrook. I didn't hear the fifth one. Oh man, who did I pick? I'm trying to think. Boogie? Did you go Boogie? I went Boogie. I did. Spoiler. I alert. didn't go Boogie. I didn't uh... go Boogie. Dude, I'm really sorry. I don't have it in front of me. It was like something I I truly thought about, but nothing that I would have remembered. Uh, for my East, I did. I kind of went on a, a limb. I did uh, Isaiah Thomas. Nice. I did Kimball Walker who I think is having another good season. I like him. I can't vote for LeBron because I hate him. So um, <laughs> it's just and, – and he's, he's – let's face it. He's going to get enough votes from everyone else. So it's fine. It's fine. I voted for uh, Jimmy Butler. I uh, <laughs> I voted I, – I'm kind of ashamed of this one, but I did it just because <laughs> – uh, you know, uh, I voted for Hassan Whiteside. So <laughs> I put him in there, you know. Some popcorn oh, stats, okay. and uh, uh, who was the other one? Oh my god, Giannis? I forget. I, yeah, yes, that was the other one. Of course, Giannis. How could I not? I forget. Yes, it was Giannis. Um, I voted for him. I think uh, he's my most excited one. I really want him to start. Like, I really, really want him to start. I think he will. So, I hope. I really hope so. Um, I have a. There's a guy at my job who's actually going out to Milwaukee in two weeks just to go see him play. Dude, I would. <laughs> and I was like really impressed that he was going out there. I'm like, oh my god, really? So, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I had. Like I said, I I just I I hope next year they they reinsert the center position i think voting in three forwards is ridiculous i know they want to keep the game fast paced and you want to have big names but i, I think it's unfair to people that play that position yeah i agree um i'll go ahead and take mine and then i'll have a look we get alex's in there also so i'll start um with the west for my guards i went uh, westbrook and harden there's a great argument for curry but i feel like those two i mean those two are the, that's one and two in the mvp race so it made all the sense I in the world to me completely agree with you there <laughs> um I voted Durant in one. He's having an unbelievable year at his first year at Golden State two. I want to see what happens when Russ drives down the court like on a fast break and it's just him and Durant by themselves and he doesn't give him the ball or something. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> or he will just to piss just to like, get, you know, because it's Russell Westbrook. He likes throwing curveballs. And so I could, I would, I would love to see that again. And then my other two forwards, I went Boogie. You know, he's a center. And then I went Anthony Davis because he's had an unbelievable year. Uh, if he played for anybody else, he might be in the MVP talk. 
but because he's in New Orleans, who are in that eight race, uh, not so much. Mm. On the East, I went for my guards. I went Kyrie because, one, he's probably going to get it. Um, and the other one, I went Wall. And I had a tough time with this. Cause I think if you look at, like, you know, stats, between the four point guards that are in debate right now being Lowry, Isaiah, Kyrie, and Wall, the two that probably should start are Kyrie and Isaiah, but Lowry has a very good case, too. Um, so I had a tough time with those, but I thought that was there. And then my forwards, I did go with LeBron because I think he's the best player in the world, and I don't think I'm too far off of saying that I'm wrong there. Obviously, Jimmy, because Jimmy's had a hell of a year. Uh, without without Jimmy Butler, the Bulls are a 10-win team, probably. And so, you know, he's been that big for them. And, of course, like uh, Sean, I went Giannis because I think that he's just been the best star. I mean, he's been the best star that the NBA has uh, that's grown this year so fast. And the, the things he does on the court... And I think he's going to be some interesting part as far as wing play. Um, a forward combo of LeBron and Giannis is going to be excellent, so I can't wait for that. Uh, Alex, what, how did yours look compared to ours? This is not an all-star team that is going to score 200 points, as I've <laughs> predicted many times over. But for the Western Conference, much like you, Tim, I went Westbrook and Harden because triple doubles. Right. And because I have to. I, I, I That needs to happen again. Now that they've gone, like, now that they're in their final forms, it'll be nice to see them play together again. Mm-hmm. For front court, I went with Kawhi Leonard. Nice. And I went with Gordon Hayward. Mm. Because Gordon Hayward needs all-star votes. Yeah, man. And if Gordon Hayward is not an all-star this year, I promise everyone I will be so sad. <laughs> he's had a hell of a year. Uh, I mean, he's really he, he's he's my front runner for most improved. I think he flat out fucking deserves it, and I think he was worth it. It's yeah. worth that vote. And rounding out the front court, Anthony Davis, because everybody needs a center who has the eyebrows and looks like how second graders draw birds in the Eastern <laughs> Conference. <laughs> That was that was my other forward pick. That was it. It was AD. Ah. Uh, so we all had AD. Yeah. We all had AD, yeah. So in the I Eastern don't... Conference, oh. I went Kyrie Irving over Wall. Uh, that was kind of more of a fashion over function pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, for other guard, another man who needs the votes, DeMar DeRozan. Nice. LeBron, just because it's just undoubtedly he is the the best player and like best player gets votes that's just how it goes in my head uh rounding out the rest of the front court jimmy butler he needs the votes another gordon hayward situation butler doesn't start i will be so sad and Giannis antutokounmpo so ryan you round this out so can we ask first is nikola jokic in your all-star starting five uh no absolutely nikola's been great he Unfortunately, I think he might be in the discussion down the line, like, or even the coaches might even vote him in over the next few weeks if he continues to put up the numbers that he is. But right now, he's not on my ballot because, unlike most Nuggets fans, I try to be rational. Uh, in the West, I have Westbrook and Harden because those are the two best guards. End of story. Uh, sorry, Steph Curry. And Chris Paul, I'd probably put over Steph Curry at this point. But that damn thumb. Westbrook and Harden, and I'm sorry for CP3, that thumb ligament thing is just awful news. But uh, yeah, man, Westbrook and Harden are definitely there. I have Kevin Durant as my first forward, 
I have Kawhi Leonard as my second forward. And for my last one, I have Rudy Gobert. Nice! I've heard a lot of people have him, actually. He is incredible. If you've ever seen him patrol the paint, he is DeAndre Jordan, except he is much better. He, like, on defense, he, he captains the entire Utah Jazz team. I could give you a whole bunch of statistics about it, but this guy is incredible defensively, and he's now adding to his offensive repertoire. He's still hitting a few mid-range jumpers. He doesn't do too much, but he's an above-the-rim threat, and I think that he deserves to be in it over a lot of other guys. Plus, the Utah Jazz are playing well, and I think that they deserve a representative at some point. I don't think it will be Gordon Hayward. I th- I would probably attribute more of their success to Rudy Gobert overall, but how dare you? I, I think that he. <laughs> <laughs> I, I he deserves to get there at some point. I I think that Gordon Hayward should be there, but the fact of the matter is the West is too strong at this point. The West is too strong. There are too many good candidates for players. Like, I left off Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins off of my ballot. And I left off Chris Paul and Stephen Curry off of my ballot. Like, there's a lot of great talent out here. Uh, and Reserves will be fun in the West. That's going to be very interesting. Because, I, I mean, you got to think the four Warriors will get in. So, the other three that aren't Kevin Durant. I really... don't know. I think that I know that three will. I don't think that Thompson will be on the ballot. I don't I th- think that he will be. I think the coaches and we'll players see. will find a way to get him in there, honestly. Yeah. Well, in the East, I have uh, I have Kyle Lowry. Nice. I have John Wall. I have LeBron because he needs to be there. I have Giannis and I have Jimmy. Uh, I think those three forwards are the standard in the east right now there's nobody that really comes close to them um the real discussion is with the guards Mm -hmm. uh it's so difficult to uh pick between the four and even the five because kemba walker is having an incredible season again with the way that the charlotte hornets have really fallen down to earth over the last few weeks i don't necessarily think that they'll get a representative though i still think that they should at some point like maybe he'll be voted in as a reserve, but uh, I think Kyle Lowry is so much better than Demar Derozan. Sorry, Alex. Uh, I think that John Wall is averaging twenty-two points, ten rebounds, or ten assists, and is just an incredible defensive player when he wants to be. And I think that he's better than Isaiah Thomas. I will argue that until the cows come home. And I think that Kyrie Irving is incredibly overrated. And I will argue that until the cows come home. Fashion over function, man. <laughs> That's right. That's why you got the vote. <laughs> yeah, how close were any of you guys close to putting Embiid in your ballot? I was pretty close. We all know how much I love the process, but I held off. I, I thought about it, but I was like, no, I can't do that just yet. He'll be no, in the uh, he'll, he'll be in the rookie game. Yeah, well, it's not, he'll, it's he'll not even, steal it's the not show. Even a, it's not even a rookie game. What's it called now? What's it called? The Rising Stars Challenge. Yeah. Can we just do? Can we just do East and West rookies again? That was the best. I don't. Yeah, that was the best. The Schick rookie game was the best thing ever. I don't understand what happened to it. I don't understand anything anymore. I'm just getting old. <laughs> I just I'm, now since since we're talking about stuff that's changing, 
Tim, we got to talk about some NBA jersey news. Yeah, man. Yeah, so thank you for that segue, Sean. I really appreciate that. That was really good. <laughs> Wall Street Journal drops a bombshell this week about, about the Nike jerseys. Tell us about it, Tim. So, yeah, so for those of us who know, um, NBA licensing for the past, I want to say, 10 years now has been Adidas, maybe a little more. Uh, so Adidas has been the, re- the retailer, for, uh, the licensed distributor to retailers for NBA apparel, whether that be T-shirts, jerseys, hats. Well, not hats, that's newer now, too. And Mitchell Ness. Shorts, socks, which is now by Stance. So Adidas got taken out there. This Adidas, like, brick has been, like, taken out piece by piece, surely but surely. And now, like, Nike is just, like, bringing the sledgehammer down. So what that is... Derek Rose. Tell me about it, man. Or John, <laughs> even John Wall made the switch. He was Adidas for his first signature shoe. Um... So Nike will now be running their jerseys, and it's like a limited release too. Like Fanatics will be the, like one of the uh, one of the partner retailers, which Fanatics is awesome if you wear sport if you get sports apparel. But it's gonna be so expensive. We're gonna be paying like hundred and twenty five dollars for a, like a, a regular Swingman jersey. They even mentioned shorts prices for Swingman shorts, which are probably gonna be like not normally right now they're seventy five. I can't imagine what those are gonna be. And basically, to be a fan is gonna be really expensive now. So, Ryan, I hate to break it to you, man, when you want to buy that Jamal Murray next year and get those yellow shorts with it, and then you want to get the Stan socks, and then, you know, what Denver Nuggets hat, you're probably forking out $220 right there alone. That's before you even go to a game. So, this is, um, don't be wrong. I love Nike. I'm all team Nike. If you look at my closet, it's all Nike sneakers. Um, I'm a sneaker fanatic, as we know, but Alex, you made the point of if you buy a LeBron jersey, you get the LeBron shoes and a Cavaliers hat. That's $300 right there alone. Um, there's just – it's gotten to the point of craziness, and I, I, I'm blown away. I'm excited Nike's going to have the license to see what they do because they've done a great job with the NFL since they took it over, and they are the flagship sports apparel team. Um, but I, at the same point, like, I don't think I'm going to be spending too much of my spare money on Nike clothing because then I won't be able to afford my cell phone payment. <laughs> exactly. It's it's funny because, like, this move, uh, while, you know, we've all been waiting for, you know, 10 years for Nike to get the, the license, um, which is great and all, but the fact that you used to be able to go into a store and buy a jersey – um, you know, when I was growing up, Champion had the had the in store license mm-hmm. for everything, and everywhere you went, you could get a jersey. JC Penney's had them wall to wall. Macy's everywhere you went, uh, there were jerseys, and McGalpins. they were you know, McAlpin's, another big one, yeah. Um, and they were between thirty five and forty dollars, which was expensive back then, but it wasn't one hundred and twenty dollars expensive or two hundred dollars expensive. And all this is going to do is drive up the sales of knockoff jerseys on eBay. Yep, and Japan. <laughs> I mean, and Japan. And you know what? Uh, that's fine. You know, I you know, if you can make something that's going to look exactly the same, I don't really see any, you know, bother in not buying that, but you know, I I think it's I think it's kind of greedy, you know, that they just sure. you know, they're going to sell stuff for that much and they need to be able to you know, sell a lower end jersey in in you know your your typical like a Target or something. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, I think one of the pain, one of the good points of this is no more jerseys. Um, I think we're all agree we're excited oh, about that. So happy about that. But like, here's the other thing I find interesting in this. As you know, also next year's be the start of the year where the NBA teams are going to have like their sponsors on their uniform. 
like on this on the corner there by the Nike logo. So if you buy an authentic, from what I understand, if you buy like an authentic, which is like between three or four hundred bucks, that's absurd. You're also gonna get like, like say you buy like a Warriors jersey, you're gonna get that Oracle logo on the jersey with the Nike logo, and like that to me is weird, and I don't think I'm comfortable with that. Feels so European, right? <laughs> It's frustrating because it's kind of like becoming an NBA fan is like a luxury item. Right. Like if you really want to like show it off, like we talked about, if you went like hat, jersey, shoes, socks, shorts, that's, you know, like five car payments for some people. And it's, it is such a frivolous use of money. I feel like to, to do that because there's not a single player in the NBA that I $125 love. (laughs) I agree. And I I don't understand where like between like this and like league pass and and things like that. And I'm, I'm going to bring up league pass uh, that when NBA fans could maybe like vote with their wallet and kind of like no like that's too much money for what you're providing. Yeah, I agree. Could couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Ryan, what is your take on league pass? We had a fun episode one time where Sean aired it all out. That that had to be entertaining. Uh, <laughs> it was great. No, uh, I I hate League Pass. I can't stand it. I every time I get down to the clutch moments in my Nuggets games where they head out and choke away a lead, I don't ever get to see it because every time it feels like uh, League Pass is cutting out. It's incredibly costly. I, I, I paid $120. I didn't pay the full $200 to see the entire NBA because, well, there are so many ways on national TV to see it. But uh, it's it's just so crazy that – now, the NBA is a growing business. Like, there's, there's no other way to say it. They're trying to compete with the NFL, and this is the way that they do it, is they try and – generate as much revenue for all of these ancillary products as they can get. And League Pass is a great idea. It's something that they need to fix at some point. But I, as as far as, like, if I were to make any changes to it, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's I'd make it better. Uh, <laughs> Let's start. I, I, yeah. I think, I think finding a way for them to add nationally televised games would help tremendously. Um, and being able to watch, uh, like, you know, we've made this point before, if, you know, say, you know, you're in an area, you know, say you're an Indianapolis Pacers fan, you know, you're going to have some games that may be blacked out if you live in that area. So, which I think it's most of them. So, I mean, it, it just doesn't, you know, the whole point of League Pass is to take the game's with you, but you can't if, you know, <laughs> unless you're unless you're running, you know, a VPN of some sorts, which is a pain, you know, uh, but it's uh, it's almost like the league wants you to be a fan of a team in a different area. Yeah, I agree with that. It's weird. Like a Warriors or Cavs fan? Yes. <laughs> well, actually for us, here's what's weird. So we're like two hours away from Indianapolis and four hours away from Cleveland. Cavaliers games are blacked out for us, but we can watch any Pacers games we want on League Pass. Yeah, but we have, but we have, but we have uh, Fox Sports. Fox Sports. So, I mean, we could watch Cavs games, you know. But oh, okay. well, I don't, I don't know. It the entire thing is wonky. Like you can, you can change your location and do things like that. 
And, uh, but, uh, no, it's just, it's, they, they make it too difficult. And with the prices that they're charging for jerseys and apparel, with the prices that they're charging for this, with the, they're trying to fit everything through a loop and it's the product that they're going to get out from it is not the one that they necessarily envisioned. So I would, uh, if I were them, I would definitely try and scale back some of the prices uh, in order to drive more de- of a demand perspective. But uh, uh, it's it's interesting to see where they'll go with it. I'm not sure. Like, I know I'm not going to be buying jerseys. Like, there ain't no way in hell. Um, there's the, And I love Nikola Jokic, but there's no way that I'm going to buy his jersey anymore. Like, if it's going to be 300 or $400 for an authentic one, why would I do that? With a Kia, I, with a Kia sponsorship on it. Oh, good. <laughs> oh no, you guys will have Pepsi on yours, right? Oh no. Well, if if it was Kia, I mean, not not that Nicola could jump over a car. He could barely jump over a, a Tonka truck. Like, <laughs> but uh, no, it's yeah, we would have Pepsi on ours, and that's it. Just it's gonna look weird. It's gonna look very unnatural. So yeah, I'm interested is. to see how they look. So, last time before we get out of here this week's show, and Ryan obviously had a fun. Um, game of the week this week, guys, I thought was pretty easy. Friday night, 8 o'clock, ESPN. Golden State goes to Houston. James Harden, who is putting his ballot, his uh, resume together for MVP against the best team. Um, I feel bad because Golden State ends up being our game of the week a lot lately. But I'm stoked for this one because the Rockets have already beat the Warriors this year. And I love what Harden's doing with a bunch of like, you know, second tier talent and over there. Quinn Capella's back. He is back. Oh. Yeah, man. Ryan Thank Anderson, God. Ryan Anderson's played well for them. Um obviously Eric Gordcar off the bench has been absurd. He's probably he's gotta be the running for sixth man of the year. And obviously Dan Tony's system is working there. Um so Alex real quick, anything that jumps out to you, anything you're excited about this game besides Clint Capella? Uh, not particularly. I'm excited to see him back. Uh I think that hopefully he'll be able to kind of muscle his way down low with Golden State, Sands, Andrew Bogut, and everything, since that's kind of left that big gaping hole in the offense we keep going back to. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, I think it'll be a really good game. I expect Harden to do Harden things, and likewise for Curry. Triple-double this uh, Friday, Sean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen. <laughs> There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah, so Ryan, if you want to touch on our game of the week, anything that stands out for that one for you, absolutely well, take the I'm, floor, man. I'm looking at their schedule right now, and the, to me, like other than San Antonio, uh, they lost at Los Angeles Lakers uh, versus Houston. They lost at Memphis. They lost at Cleveland. They lost home against Memphis. So not really sure how much of a pattern you could come up with it. They've won a lot in a row. This feels like a loss for them. Mm-hmm. On national TV, I'd expect uh, I'd expect Houston to come out and just give it to them. Honestly, uh, that would be I mean that would be my bold prediction is that somebody like Trevor Ariza or uh, Eric Gordon or Ryan Anderson is going to put up thirty points, and then uh, James Harden will put up a thirty point triple double, and they'll win by ten. I agree. I thought that um, Rockets and Thunder played a few weeks ago on Friday night on ESPN. They were outstanding watching him and Russ go at it. Uh, so I- I'm excited for this to see basically uh, something similar where he plays another former Thunder teammate. Man, imagine if that stuck, stuck together. If only. <laughs> they, they they pick Kendrick Perkins over him. 
Right. <laughs> and Jeremy Lamb. That's right. So, Ryan, thanks again for being our first two-time guest here on the Corner 3 Podcast. So before we get you out of here, once again, like we did the first time, the floor is all yours where we can shout, uh, you can give your shout-out where people can follow your work, your Twitter account, whatever you want people to know. Take it, take it from here, man. Uh, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me again. It's really awesome to be a, a two-time guest. I absolutely enjoy the NBA conversation and uh, touched on a lot of topics today, which was pretty cool. Uh, I write at Denver Stiffs. That is the SB Nation uh, Denver Nuggets website. Uh, we've got a lot of great content over there. Uh, lots. Of, we actually made a trade last night, and Mo Williams was here for 12 seconds, and that was it. Uh, my Twitter is at Ryan Blackburn Nine. Uh, I try and do the occasional Twitter thread where I'll kind of touch on the schedule as a whole for all 30 NBA teams. So. If anybody has an interest or just follow me and I, I'll definitely get into anything that you guys want to talk about. So, no, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I love Nikola Jokic and I will see you guys at some point. <laughs> Ryan's pleasure is all ours, man. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. That's Take it easy, man. That's going to wrap up this week's edition of the Corner 3 Podcast. Everyone enjoy the week. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.